Hi, I'm Patricia Gerbark. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some recent research that Patricia read about uh, with regard to national policies on work-life balance. And we're going to be talking about Finland in particular. And I know, Patricia, you've really been having a hankering for Finland lately. I have. I want to go to Finland. I've I've wanted to go to Finland for a while, which is like maybe random. I don't know. But I feel like it's supposed to be so beautiful. And I just want to go to some of those Nordic countries. So Finland yeah. is in that group. Um, so I've really been wanting to go. And then I saw some recent articles about how Finland is leading the world in flexible workplaces. And I'm like, what? So not only do you seem cool because you're a Nordic country, but you're also super awesome with people and work. So I got super excited, and now I'm in love with Finland. I haven't (laughs) been there yet, but I'm in love with Finland. (laughs) Finland, she's creeping on you. Um, I am. We should go to Finland. We should. Oh, my gosh. That'd be fun, right? It would be so fun. I would love that. I feel like we should do a research project and go and, like, get some qualitative data from people in terms of, like, how. Interview some Finns. Yeah. So find out how even some of these policies that we're going to talk about came into play. Yeah, I feel like just in and of itself that there's actual national policies around flexible workplaces is so unique. Um, anyways, I think it's super cool. So I want to spend a little bit of time telling you yeah. all about it. Yes. Tell me about Finland, our potential yes. new land of <laughs> vacation. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or maybe we'll move there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it is cold. True. But besides that. Yeah. Um, So, Finland, in the 90s, they created, um, or they passed an act called the Working Hours Act, which basically gave people, like employees, the right to adjust their daily work hours. Um, So, that meant they could start or finish up to three hours earlier or later than, like, the standard time. So, like, let's say your work starts at 9 o'clock, but you want to come in at 6 you have the legal right to do that, to come in at six. And that means you can leave three hours early, hmm. right? Or the or the opposite. Like if you really wanted to leave later, I mean, obviously that means that you come in later, right? So you have control of your own hours to some extent. Like it's not like you can come in 12 hours later, but three hours is a big difference yeah. from start time. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And that happened in the 90s. So like very... Um, progressive and by 2011 they were actually considered the most flexible work environment on the planet that they had the most flexible working schedules in the organizations in Finland across Mm. all different countries that they looked at you know looking at the U.S. the U.K. Japan like everybody I mean some of those are stereotypically not necessarily flexible workplaces but really everywhere right they looked at everybody and um, and they started kind of seeing that some other countries were taking note like in Australia and the UK there's like we're paying attention but Finland's continued to lead the charge so that was in the 90s but then all the new stuff that's coming out is in is coming into play next year so there's a new act there's a new working hours act that um is going to be in effect in 2020 and that one gives full-time employees the right to decide when and where they work for at least half of their working hours Hmm. Which means 50% of the time they can work wherever they want. They can choose to work at night. Um, They can choose, you know, obviously it says majority of full-time employees. So this is 
pretty specific to knowledge workers, right? Like if you're working in a coffee shop, there's probably less ability to like not work in the coffee shop. Right. But um, but for the most part, for the the employees that are in these kind of more knowledge spaces, they have this ability to choose where they work. Hmm. That's really cool. So they're just sort of trying to take a national stand, it sounds like, in allowing employees to do what we know from the research is actually beneficial, which is to be able to have more control over your work schedule and the location that you work in. Um, and they're just kind of saying like, yeah, we know that this improves well-being and probably they're aware that it doesn't decrease work performance. So we're just going to make it so that everybody's got to do it. Does that seem kind of like what their MO was or did it just say like, this is what they're doing, but it didn't say based on any kind of like national trend or anything like that? Yeah. So it seems like there's kind of a culture of balance, like people value balance, people value flexibility. Um, They did talk a little bit about how, you know, they know that in the research people, are better off with these flexible work schedules and Finland does seem to care a lot about the health of their um, citizens. So that's Mm -hmm. one big piece. And then they also knew that productivity actually increased in a lot of the studies that they'd done. So one thing I wanted to bring up is um, there was an episode we had a few, I guess probably a few months ago at this point um, about the retreats. Do you remember that? Like we did the Finland work retreats where people could leave for a week and do, um, you know, work from wherever they wanted to be. That was a study conducted in Finland by Finland. Like it was a for the Finland Institute for Health or something like that. And it found, you know, really positive results. So it looks like they were doing a lot of research. I don't know for sure. This is just my guess. But it seems like they were probably doing a lot of research about it. And then came up with this solution that, hey, we noticed that people are healthier if they do these things. They feel better, et cetera. So now we're going to make it. Um, a legal, a legal matter. We're going to make it a policy. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's super interesting. The other thing that's interesting about it is that there's this, they talk about the culture of collaboration in Nordic countries. Like it's very much consensus based decision-making is a major focus. People are really collaborative or that's like a focus for a lot of organizations. And that implies at the government level as well. So it mm-hmm. was employers, like companies that came in and worked with um, the government to help draft this policy, as well as unions. So there's a big union culture in Finland. So unions mm. and companies and the government work together to make this policy. So like that is super unique, too. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So they sort of were like in this very collaborative mentality as well. Like I think that part of the interesting thing about this is that when people actually take time to listen to the people and take their considerations into effect, it seems like you can come up with such better like win-win situations as opposed to organizations kind of assuming that they know what's best or only looking at things from their perspective that they're actually thinking like, well, let's look at this holistically and see if we can solve problems together to come up with a solution that would be good for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It does seem to be like a very, um, an approach that very much focuses on listening to others and listening to, you know, the everyday citizen and what they actually want to happen. Um, There is a statistic that said that employees in Finland, only about 4% of them work more than 50 hours a week. So Mm. most people keep their hours pretty standard and pretty much at like that 40 hour ideal, right? If they're working full time. So I think that's another piece. It's like people 
companies are already willing to support that, right? Because they're not forcing people to work long hours there. And Mm -hmm. the Finns have already adapted that as part of their lifestyle. They're not working excessive amount of hours. So I feel like there's like a shift. Like they've already been doing a lot of really good things. And then they're shifting towards more and more flexibility given technology. Um, There were some groups that were against it. So there were um, some some people that were basically saying that, well, if you make it so flexible, then what if we end up having people work more hours because Mm. people working from home sometimes work more hours because it's like everything's there and they're at home and they kind of get into a groove. So it's interesting because the pushback was not, oh, everyone's going to be unproductive. It was actually, hey, if we do this, people may have to work more or may end up working more and we don't want that. So I thought that was really fascinating, too. Yeah, that is interesting. So they're kind of uh, afraid that there'll be like what we would call kind of like positive deviance in the workplace that people would like go out of their way to try to be extra on top of things. And then it would sort of ruin, which I think makes sense because it's like, you know, there's the tone is always set by the person that's like the most crazy, right? The most competitive, the most. And then like people start trying to get themselves in line with that. Um, but if you can sort of say like, no, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're actually taking this seriously and we're not allowing things to go in a different direction. Like that's, I think a useful way to put a cap on that, uh, propensity that people have where you can sort of ruin it. If you let the most intense person sort of run the show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't explain how excited I got to see this but also how like interesting I thought it was just because of how different it is from like our own culture yeah so like you know what you're saying like it seems like there's probably that competitive person probably odds are not going to exist in your company because only four percent of Finns are working more than 50 hours a week right so what are the odds that one one of those people is in your team is probably pretty low so I think that there's also that piece too right so like yes I agree that you won't kind of compare yourself to that more competitive person yeah. and then you might work more. But I wonder if that is even a concern in this situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like they were worried about it, but I don't know if, if it was as um, viable as a concern as maybe it would be in the U S where we do have this like culture of being a workaholic. That's true. Yeah. Maybe people are just like more accepting of the fact that they need to, have a balance and that they're not trying to be it's not a positive thing to be well it's actually considered deviant to be positively deviant (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah exactly it's like you're the the person that's ruining the culture if you work too much and too hard and you know answer too many emails at night and those kinds of things yeah um, which is super fascinating yeah they also the other thing I wanted to, to mention too is just like so the people that came up with the law, like I mentioned, is kind of a presentation from everybody, right? Government, employers, and unions. So mm-hmm. the thing that was interesting is that they kind of included in it around a fact that you're going to have a conversation with your manager about this, right? Like you have the right to do this, but you work with your manager to come up with a contract of exactly what it's going to look like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was even more interesting because it wasn't like you know 20 hours a week you just work wherever you want it seems like people are actually going to be taking it and making it their own so they talked about how some people um basically just chose 
that half time meant that the summer would be fully at their summer cottage somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be in the office full time the rest of the year. And then mm. some people um, were working longer hours to bank time off to take really extravagant vacations. Hmm. Like, so people were using it in different ways, which I thought was really cool because it's, or at least it's going to be that way. And it seems like people that employers are already doing this. That's what's happening. Cause obviously it's not in effect yet, but um, I find it really interesting that it's flexible in another way in the sense that it's really flexible in how you want to use your arrangement um, yeah. to be working half time and away from work or changing you know, your schedule and things around. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I guess, gets back to this idea of having more control too, right? Like that Mm -hmm. you're sort of able to even, you know, they're not saying like, okay, we're going to make everybody do flexibility in the same way. Um, Or you have to be able to, you have to, you know, we're giving you these benefits, but you're going to all take them at the same time or or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like um, there's a lot more control over the situation, which I would have to imagine would enhance well-being too, because Mm -hmm. not everybody wants the same thing or uh, thinks the same thing is useful. People vary in terms of what they prefer. Exactly. And, you know, they talk about how different life phase makes a difference, right? Like they were saying that a lot of younger workers wanted to do that banking of vacation time, right? Banking of hours that they can take a bigger break at some point. But then um, families, like people that have younger children, maybe just want to work some hours in the middle of the day in the office. And the rest of the time they work from home because they can pick up their kid from school. They can take their kid to school. They can do all these different things. Um, And they also mentioned, which I found really interesting and probably unique to Finland or really Northern countries because of the way the sun works and seasons Mm -hmm. work. They talked about working out or doing exercise outdoors and how Hmm. this can give people an opportunity to actually exercise outdoors and I have a feeling that has to do with winter where people might not see the sun at all because of how limited the time the sunshine is out. Yeah. So maybe it's like this other thing going on with Finland and being like, well, we want our people to not, you know, be a devoid of sunlight for six months right. because of the way work schedules are. Right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, and, you know, I think that, well, we know that the physical environment that you work in is really important. And clearly they're thinking along those lines as well that, you know, it's really important uh, what kind of physical environment people work in. So they're probably even more in tune to the idea that the weather and the, you know, sunlight and all that kind of stuff could affect how people work because they're thinking about location even more broadly in terms of like, where are you sitting on a daily basis? And then that's an even bigger concern. I totally agree. I think it's a very interesting, um, it's an interesting place, an interesting concept. And do you think it could be something that could work in the U.S.? Like if people got on board with it? I mean, I feel like people in the U.S. are afraid to say that they'd like a break. Mm -hmm. Like it's not socially acceptable in many ways for people to be like, you know what, I'll take a step back. And... When people take a step back, there's always someone that's like, well, I'll be the one to take a step forward, which is like kind of what I was thinking about before is like safeguarding against that person that's going to be like try to be like the overachiever or whatever. Right. Um, I feel like it would be more likely that that would happen in the U.S. So you'd have to be really, I think, um, 
I think it would have to be role modeled by really like powerful, respected people in order for people to start actually taking it on. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. I think it would obviously look very different in the U.S. I think mm-hmm. that there's I think there's two things that I agree with you completely that there's that fear of um, taking a break and being overshadowed by somebody that might be more ambitious or more competitive or whatever that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. But then I think there's also a trust piece, which they talked I read about, too, with Finland and how like they they're actually the country in the U- the EU I almost said the U.S., but the EU, that um, that trusts its citizens the most. Like, the people trust each other the most. So mm-hmm. I think there's something there, too. Like, we don't trust each other very much. Yeah. Um, and I think that that could translate to the workplace because if I don't trust my employees or even if my team members don't trust each other, then they might start policing each other, you know, comparing, oh, is she online? Is he online? What's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's a possibility of those kinds of things happening um, where, I mean, a lot of workplaces do have remote work and flexible work. So it's not to say it doesn't happen in the U.S. or work decently well. But I think from a global perspective of, like, the entire country, um, which I guess is a global perspective, a national perspective. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Then... I think there may be some of those things in some of the the less, maybe less progressive types of organizations where they're not already starting to implement these types of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be really interesting experiment to see how people would react to that. Because I think a lot of times, I mean, our podcast and our blog are focused on both, you know, giving managers tips, but also giving individual employees tips. And like, we're cognizant of the fact that people can't always change a system that they're in. So like, what are the things that you can do regardless of what system you're in? But I think oftentimes because we're so individually focused in the U.S. that we don't often think about like, what is the actual culprit of our burnout? We're much more likely to think it's our own fault. Like it must be something that I'm not doing to balance. But oftentimes like while it's productive to do things to balance your individual work life, I think that you could ask bigger questions about like, is my job structured in a way that actually helps me to do that effectively Mm -hmm. or Are there things that I could advocate for at work or bring up with my manager? Or are there national policies that I could support candidates that support or things like that that um, help us to stop seeing our burnout conditions as being like a me issue and think about it. uh, Think about yourself as part of a larger system. And like while you can do those individual interventions in the meantime to try to buffer the impact like what are the broader changes that need to happen to sort of solve the problems at a broader level and I think that is something we don't think about as much in America because we're so like individually focused yeah I think that's a big piece of it is we are really focused on ourselves but I also think there's this um I mean I know that there's some political divides in this but there's a kind of a desire to not police companies yeah we don't do that we don't care. A lot of people don't care to do that. I would say that there's probably a bigger and bigger divide in this topic area uh, in the most recent years. But I think that we don't want to tell companies what to do. And this is exactly what this law in Finland is doing is it's telling companies what to do. Right. Um, right. And so I think that that's piece of it too. It's like, we're focused on ourselves and our individual level 
um, behaviors, we're also focused on like, well, if I start a company, I don't want someone to tell me what to do. Right. And so then we kind of get into the cycle of not wanting to mandate certain things. And I think that comes into play with our like paternity and maternity leave policies. Um, there's so many different things going on with like uh, minimum wage, all those different issues and that really impact the workplace that we're unwilling to tackle overall as a country, at least right. at this point. So I think that this probably will fall, would fall into that category. Like if we can't handle figuring out our parental leave, then how on earth are we going to handle creating a policy on flexible work environments? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point about that, we're not willing to sort of question our culture of overwork in the United States in many ways. Like, uh, you know, one great thing about the U.S. is that, you know, there are it's an industrious country and, you know, there are a lot of people starting companies and things like that. On the flip side, we often don't question, like, we get upset that we're, like, burnout or um, our well-being is low or health problems or hypertension, all this stuff. But when people talk about questioning, like, the value that we hold of overwork, it's, like, because that's kind of what it is, right? We do value this, like, competitive spirit, which mm -hmm. is interesting and cross-culturally doesn't always hold up. So, like, I had a, a Middle Eastern student in my class last semester, and he was talking about how... Um, he thinks like everyone in DC is going to have a heart attack. Like he was like, <laughs> literally I showed up here and I was like, Whoa, like where is everyone going? Like, why does everyone have to get there so fast? Like no one spends time with anyone. They're always like sitting with someone, but they're also on their phone or like, they're not really like connecting with people. They like don't actually hang out with each other. They're like constantly working. And then when they can find time, they hang out with their family or friends. Like he was like, everybody's so fast paced. And like from his perspective, he wasn't looking at it like, wow, that's amazing. He was like, everyone here is going to like die if they don't calm down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and I thought that that was a really interesting perspective because like he understood, you know, some of the positive benefits of it. But I think we often don't see that other side. Of things mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting yeah that is really interesting I mean it's true though I think that we the way we approach work is different than some countries and and then we're also you know maybe better than other countries right there are some countries that there's an even greater focus on excessive work especially for men um so you know we're not to say that the U.S. is like at the bottom in this situation right but we do have a lot of work to do and I think that we can value hard work. We can value, you know, being ambitious and competitive while still taking care of ourselves. So I think that mm -hmm. there needs to be a bit of a balance because we've learned, I mean, we've talked on this podcast a million times about how if you're rested, you do better. If you are feeling better, you do better. Like all these things that make you more productive. So why would you deprive yourself of sleep or, you know, not disconnect from work if that means that you're going to end up being a worse producer. So right. we're creating this culture where we're making people actually perform worse than they would if they had a little bit of a break. So right. what does that say? Like we're already doing some really cool things as a, com as a country, right? There's so many cool innovations and great companies and all this. And yet imagine if everybody that worked at those companies actually was rested Right. Like we could do yeah. even better. It'd be awesome. Yeah. That's, I don't know. 
that's my opinion. But we're also like the worst people necessarily to say this because we both take on a lot of things. So we work a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do take breaks. We do take breaks. That's true. We do. You're correct. I think we do a good job of that. Um, and actually, this is going to obviously air after we're done with it. But, you know, we started the Workplace Wellness Reset today. Yes. And I think that's super needed. And it's something that you can add into your day, you know, during the five days. It's a five-day reset with, like, little activities. And I think that's a good way to show that you can work really hard and work long hours like the U.S. likes to do, but still take the time to take care of yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, if the yeah. culturally we're not changing all of that overnight, um, but there's still ways you can approach it and make sure that you're taking care of yourself, make sure that you are potentially limiting that overwork as much as you can, just knowing that because of the way that our society and culture is currently structured, there's probably going to be some days that you will be working more than eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I think that these kinds of ideas are, you know, very interesting, not just for us to think about at a national level, but also just thinking about like the various structures that we can change in our own lives. Like, even though it's still individual, like, are there larger scale changes that you can make that actually change the pattern of the way that you do things as opposed to trying to like band-aid stuff? And I think that hopefully the reset helps to give some kind of like a recipe for that, right. Of like actually following something that's more long lasting, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think like overall, the more you can like ratchet your thing, your routine up and say, okay, could I change my life from, a structural perspective could I change my work from a structural perspective could we change the way the country is run from a structural perspective like those kinds of questions help to solve the problem at the root as opposed to like constantly trying to be playing catch up yeah agreed anything you can do on your own level is obviously going to be helpful for you and then hopefully we can get ourselves to a place we get a little bit closer to Finland where we do care about all employees in the country to have a positive work life so that they can have a healthy life overall um, and not be overworked and burnt out and, you know, be able to have some control in their lives. So I'm hopeful that we can move in that direction. It's probably going to take us a lot more time than what's going on in Finland. But, you know, we are a much bigger, more diverse country with a lot of different ideologies and a lot of different values. In addition to the fact that we have this like intense like work ethic kind of value that is hard Mm to to I wouldn't even say get rid of obviously it's just to adjust to this new perspective of healthy equals more productive yeah um so I think that you know there's a lot more to overcome and it feels like in Finland there's been more support behind these ideas there's more trust among their citizens there's a culture that is more a little bit more um consensus based um you know you don't really unions are not necessarily as prevalent in the U.S. like we have them of course but they're not all not every state has them right there's a lot of battles around unions but in Finland because there's so many unions there's a there and there's this clear focus on consensus that's probably why unions are so prevalent there is because they want employees and employers to be at the table together to make decisions. And that seems to be just a theme about that cult- that country and their culture. So, you know, we are not Finland. We're not going to ever be like Finland. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that there are some things we can learn from a country like Finland. 
I agree. I'm sure there's other countries out there, too, that have really interesting things that, you know, maybe we're just not aware of as much um, being in the U.S. or not seeing articles about it. So I would encourage any of our listeners that are outside of the U.S. to tell us, like, tell us what cool things are happening in your country or what challenges your country faces that maybe are different than the U.S.'s. Um, cause I would love to hear more. I know that there's a lot and I know that there's a lot I could read to understand things in more depth. And I think I have some basic sense for some Nordic countries for like Germany, et cetera. But, um, I would love to hear more about this topic and different countries and how they handle workplace wellness. Yeah, absolutely. And if we ever make it to Finland, we'll definitely document our trip and share it with all of you. Yes. Well, I'm going to Finland, so let's just make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really a question of when. We've decided. (laughs) Finland is happening. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. But, uh, (laughs) oh, so yes, any any Finns out there, tell us where we should go when we do go to Finland. Yeah. That's a very (laughs) good point. I would like to know. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. So you can find us. um, Let us know all of the things about your country or about Finland and where to go. Um, We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, which is workerbeing.com. And you can contact us on our social media as well. So we're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at workerbeing. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.